Welcome to God, the Bible, and Spiritual Things Explained, where you get insight surrounding God, the Bible, and spiritual things that you may or may not have heard before. Thank you for joining us. I'm your host, God's Child. Today, we're going to be talking about the importance of knowing what you believe. Now, me, I think that it's important for you to actually know that you know that you know that you know. And how do you do that? Well, I believe whatever it is you choose to believe that you need to actually study it so you really know what it is that you believe. Now, if there's some reading material or some other literature, whatever it is that's related to that particular thing you believe in, you should read it. You should study it. Now, there are many people in the world who identify as Christian, Muslim, Jewish, Buddhist, and other faiths, and many of them have not actually studied their books, nor can they give an answer for what they believe. Now, how do I know this? Because I actually asked them, <laughs> okay? Now, I've traveled to different places. So I've met people in person, whether it's talking to people like online or some other way that I've, you know, been able to communicate with people. They have let me know, whether by outright saying it or through my observance of what they say and what they don't say, that they have not actually read or looked into or studied the material related to what they believe in, whether it's a book related to it, like for Christians, we have the Bible, Muslims, they have the Quran, you know, and uh, the Jew, uh, Jewish people, they have the Pentateuch, or of course, there's like some <laughs> some other names related to this, Tanakh, I believe. Uh, however, uh, a lot of people, they haven't read it, or they've only read like small snippets of what it is they believe, which in no way accounts for the entirety of the faith that they identify as. Now, there are many different reasons for this. And and let me just go ahead and say it now. I'm not just picking on Christians, not picking on Muslims, not picking on Jewish people, not picking on Buddhists, just because I named them, okay? Because there are a lot of people out there with a lot of different faiths. So I could have said any of them, but those are just for examples, okay? Now, again, like I was saying, there could be many reasons why people don't really know what they say they believe or they choose not to like study. And yeah, I said choose not to study because you choosing not to study because you could. Now, one of the reasons and one of the biggest reasons I believe they don't do this is because they don't actually believe what it is they say they believe. And again, how do I know this? Because many of them have said it. <laughs> You know, sometimes I've asked Christians or even before I know that a person is Christian, say, oh, you're a Christian or, or whatever it is. And I'll be like, yeah. And I've said, you know, before, like, oh, you believe in Jesus? Oh. Uh, about that no not really or even if I ask them about the book like the the bible and they'll be like you know no I don't really believe it I'm just kind of like how do you say that you're actually Christian and you don't believe in Jesus Christ 
where the word Christian comes from. You know, that's where man came up with the name, you know, Christian from Christ, just in case you didn't know. But I'm just kind of like, how do you not believe in him and you say that you're Christian or you have, you know, read pieces of the Bible or not read it at all, but just say you don't believe in it. I'm I'm just, uh, well, I'm not really confused. That just sounds crazy to me. <laughs> okay. But not only Christians, Christians are the only ones who don't really believe what it is that they say they believe in or what they're identified as. I had Muslim people who've also indicated that they don't either by the by the fact of the things that they do, they're like, you know, I was I was born into it, so it was on my ID card, and they're like, I really don't do those things, I really don't follow it, um, which basically says they don't believe it. And again, there are others, like for instance, someone um, who was Buddhist one time, I asked them like why um, a particular person was doing a certain thing related to their faith. And they paused for a minute as if they were thinking to give me an answer. And then they came out and just said, you know, I don't know. <laughs> and I was like, don't you think you need to know? And they still looked at me as if like, huh? <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I'm like people. Even though I believe in Jesus Christ, um, I believe in I believe in God. Whether you do or not, if you say that you're Muslim, if you say that you're Jewish, if you say that you're this, if you say that you're that, if you say that you're Krishna, whatever it is, I believe you need to actually know what you believe in. You need to be able to give an answer for what you believe in, why you believe that. You need to study the books or the material that is related to what it is that you believe in if there's some available. That's just what I'm thinking. Now, another reason why people may not actually study what it is that they believe in is that they put the responsibility of knowing what they believe in on others to tell them what they should believe. And a lot of times it's so they can just go back. And if that person told them something wrong, it's kind of like they can put the blame on them, not on themselves. People sometimes are just lazy and they don't want to do that. And they, then they go back, you know, can go back and say, well, so-and-so said this to me. I can't believe or whatever that they, they did that, that they told me this or whatever. So they're shirking their responsibility. Another reason is that some people just blindly trust whatever others tell them, never even thinking to study for themselves. So if someone just tells them a certain thing about something, for instance, people who say that they were just born into something or they just grew up going to certain events or like meetings with people they never even thought to like study for themselves they just take whatever they hear um and then those people can also go back and also blame you know the others for something that they find out later was like untrue or was wrong and another um reason is why a lot of people just don't like reading or studying and that's not only about their face that's just in general like <laughs> when it comes to school and studying the majority of people in the world don't like that <laughs> okay which is evident by the fact when they're out of school they don't really like do it <laughs> you know anymore but they will find their way to read or study something that they really want to okay if they want to read those instructions and learn how to play that game or how to cook a certain thing oh yeah they'll they'll find a way to to do it somehow but when it comes to the bible for those who say that they're christian of course there's other literature related to it or those who say that they're like some other faith or whatever you know what just somehow they 
magically don't have time. You know, I, I would like, I just don't have time. I don't, I'm like, okay, you, you, you don't have time, but you have time to do some of everything else. And I'm like, and, and you know what, one of the things that I don't do, although I have read the Bible, you know, several, several times, read it through, you know, the entire Bible through like several times. And I don't mind sharing with people. Um, you know, the truth, I'm actually excited sometimes to like share, share with people about it. But I always tell people to study for yourselves. I never want anyone to just depend on me or to take what I say is true. I always want them to study for themselves because I know that when you study for yourself, then you know that you know that you know. But when you're just going by what somebody else says, you can only say what so-and-so like told you. So I always try to point people back to study for yourselves and how important it is to study. Now, the in the word of God, it tells us in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15, be diligent to present yourself approved to God as a worker who does not need to be ashamed, accurately handling the word of God. Now, here, or she also says the word of truth, but I said word of God. Now here is telling us study, study for yourselves. This is how you show yourself to be approved by God. So if it's telling us in the word that we need to study to show ourselves to be approved, I think we need to study what it is that we say we believe so that we know that we know that we know because that's the way that we are approved by God, at least as it said here. And let's find out why the word of God actually says this. One of the reasons it's important for us to know what we believe is that it helps us to guard against deception. Now, the word tells us that Satan is a deceiver and he'll do anything it is, use anybody he can and anything to deceive us. If we let him. Yes, that's right. If we let him. Now, an example of this, a real good example would be going to the beginning mm -hmm, with Adam and Eve. So let's go to Genesis chapter 3, starting with verses 1 through 13. And it reads, now the serpent was more cunning than any animal of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, has God really said you shall not eat from any tree of the garden? The woman said to the serpent, from the fruit of the trees of the garden, we may eat, but from the fruit of the tree, which is in the middle of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat from it or touch it or you will die. The serpent said to the woman, you certainly won't die. God knows that on a day you eat from it, your eyes will be open and you will become like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was desirable to make one wise, she took some of its fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband with her and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were open and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves waist coverings. Now they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord God called to the man and said to him, where are you? He said, 
I heard the sound of you in the garden. And I was afraid because I was naked. So I hid myself. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree from which I commanded you not to eat? The man said, the woman you gave me to be with me, she gave me some of the fruit of the tree and I ate. Then the Lord God said to the woman, what is this that you have done? And the woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. So let's see just why this is a good example of showing us the importance of knowing what we believe. Remember, knowing what we believe helps to guard against deception. And if you notice, the serpent who is being influenced by Satan said to Eve when he came to her, has God really said you shall not eat from any tree of the garden? That right there is a bold-faced lie right there. He just came with a full-blown lie. Like saying, has he said that you couldn't eat from any tree of the garden? Lies! Go back in Genesis and see what God actually told or said that they could eat. So Eve, who recognizes this as a full-blown lie, says... From the fruit of the trees of the garden, we may eat. But from the fruit of the tree, which is in the middle of the garden, God said, you shall not eat or touch it or you'll die. So that's what God actually said. God said, you can eat from all these trees except for this one. Don't even touch it or you're going to die. So Eve basically says, I know you lying. This is what God said. But why would you continue to listen to somebody that's bringing you lies, though? You know, you need to just like shut that down because it's kind of like opening you up to them telling you more lies or trying to figure out how they can deceive you in another way. So she's still listening to the serpent. OK, and the serpent says after that, after she pointed out his lie, he's like, you certainly won't die. <laughs> OK, so she just said, God said you'll die even if you touch it. Okay, not just eating of it only, but if you touch that thing, you're going to die. So he come out and say, you certainly won't die. Okay, and he says, for God knows that on the day you eat from it, your eyes going to be open and you'll be like him knowing good and evil. Now she know what God said, or at least she should have known, but she kept listening, which opened herself up up to being deceived for this the snake aka influenced by satan just found another way how can i weave another lie up in here so he actually mixed what he said a lie and a truth together okay the first time he came Complete bold face lie. This time he mixed the lie and truth together. So what was the lie? The lie was, you certainly won't die. God said, if you eat of this tree or you touch it, you're going to die. But Satan came with the lie. You certainly won't die. But then he mixed it with truth. He said, God knows you when you eat from it, your eyes will be open and you'll be like him, knowing good and evil. Now God has said, this tree it's a tree of knowledge of good and evil. Okay? So that part right there was true. But he mixed with a lot saying, God said you won't you won't die. All right. So so she listened. And so what happened when she listened? It said, when 
she saw the tree was good for food that it was delightful to her eyes she mesmerized now by what this you know snake had said to her aka influenced by satan and she saw the tree as one that would make her wise she took some of the fruit and she ate it and then she gave it to adam adam who ate it now adam know what god said but he gonna eat it anyway and then it says both their eyes were open which was the truth it said if you eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil your eyes gonna be open be like God, because you're going to know good and evil just like he know it. So as it was said, their eyes were both open and they knew that they were naked because truth is they were naked. Okay. They, they was made naked. They have nothing on. All right. God, God made them. He, he know he made them that way, but they didn't know that. Now think about it. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil shows good and evil without that you don't know any of that you don't know what's good you don't know what's evil you just know what's told to you again god was telling them you know what to do and what what not to do but when they opened their eyes then their responsibility was on them of knowing oh this is good and this is evil but think about it if they were naked was that good or evil it's neither one because if it was evil certainly God wouldn't allow them to have been naked, but because their eyes were open, now they know good and evil. And, you know, evil was up and had to slid on up in there. So for them seeing what they were seeing, I guess they thought it was evil because it said they sold fig leaves together and made themselves waist coverings. Why do you cover yourself up if you weren't, if nothing was wrong with the way you were before? Hmm, their eyes were open see what can happen and then it says now they heard the sound of god walking in the garden it's not like they never heard him before because he came he came there he used to talk you know he used to talk he used to walk and talk they knew he was there so but this time it was different now that their eyes were open now that they knew they were naked you know they had done something wrong too they did what god had said not to do now they hide all of a sudden they never hid before, but now they hiding. So God is like, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. What's going on? Well, yeah. But can you see here how not knowing what we believe, not having that assurance of knowing what we believe, not being uh, firm in it, not standing on what we believe can lead to us feeling or being ashamed? Because in the beginning, when she was talking to the servant, he gave her that bold face lie. She came with the truth. She was standing on the truth. But then she continued to listen to him, and he mixed the lie in with the truth. And then she wavered and kind of indulged in his his lie, the the sin that he was he was he was making he was making possible for her, and that led to her and adam both doing something that god told them not to do and in this case it led to them being ashamed so when i say it's a guard against deception to know what we believe it is when you don't really believe what you believe, you don't really know what it is you believe. Like you may say, yeah, I believe this. But if you don't really believe it and know why, 
It'll be so easy for you to be deceived. But when you know that you know that you know, it's not as easy for you to be deceived. And we see what happened with Eve and both Adam. They were easily deceived. They didn't have that guard there to where they were firm on what God had said. So it led to them being ashamed. Because remember, they were naked before they ate the fruit. Uh, think about they were naked before they ate the fruit, but apparently they weren't ashamed. They were naked all that time, but apparently they weren't ashamed. And God knew they were naked too, because he made them. Duh. <laughs> God made them that way. God made them naked. He didn't put nothing on them. But if it was something evil, don't you think God would have put something on them? No. So God even knew they were naked, but he didn't make them feel ashamed. It wasn't until they sinned, until they went against God, until they indulged in that lie that the snake brought through the influence of Satan, <laughs> you know, in, in him, brought to them. And they did what the snake was implying for them to do instead of doing what God had told them to do and not to do. And then that's when the shame came in. See why it is so important for us to know what we believe. So therefore we need to study it. We need to read. I mean, they didn't have any literature back then in order to like study or read, but still they should have been able to stand on this is what God said. So this is what we're going to do. And this is not what we're going to do but they didn't but for us we even have literature and we won't even look at the literature you know is is you know it's almost like a little absurd we had even more than what they had or if you think about it some people may think they had more than what we had because they had God there right there communing with them like so intimately so close but yes, we do have the material. We have the books. We have other things that we can look at. And we don't even want to do that. But when we don't do that, when we don't study to show ourselves approved and make the effort to know that we know that we know what we know, what we say we believe in, then we don't have a guard against deception when it comes to us. And we see just how easily deceived both Eve and Adam were. But wait, let's slide down to verses 22 through 23. And it says, Then the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become like one of us, knowing good and evil. And now he might reach out his hand and take fruit also from the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore, the Lord God sent him out of the Garden of Eden to cultivate the ground from which he was taken. Now, remember, knowing what you believe is a guard against deception. And remember, the enemy will sometimes mix a little bit of truth in with a lie to trip you up. And so if you don't know that you know that you know or have studied what it is that you know, have read what it is that you're, you're supposed to know and to know why, why you believe that way, then you are setting yourself up for deception 
to be deceived. You don't really have a guard against deception to say, well, wait a minute. Here is the truth. Now, Eve started off real good by countering that first lie that came from the serpent and, you know, a blatant lie. There was no truth mixed in it at all. She said, bam, this is what God said. So she hit him with that truth. But then she continued to listen to that fool. (laughs) Okay. And he came to her, hit her with a little bit of truth, with a little bit of lie. Okay, and if it's a little bit of lie anywhere mixing, it's all a lie, baby. Okay, but here, here it is. God Himself is saying, "Behold, they've come become like us. They know good and evil. That's the truth." Satan, through the serpent, had actually said, "You eat of this tree right here. You eat of this fruit, and you'll become like God, knowing good and evil." God is saying that that part was the truth, okay, a little bit of truth, but here come the lie. God said now he might reach out his hand and take fruit also from the tree of life and eat and live forever. The lie that Satan said through the snake (laughs) was that you surely won't die. And he was referring to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you eat of it, you surely won't die, which basically he was telling them, you'll live forever. But that was not the truth. Because right here, God is saying, let us send them out because they might reach out their hand and take and eat from the fruit from the tree of life and then live forever. So it wasn't the tree of the knowledge of good and evil that would allow them to live forever and not die. It was eating from the tree of life that would cause them to live forever. So you see that right there, how he how Satan manipulated that and he turned he turned he perverted what God said. He he told them for the wrong tree. He said, he said, no, you'll, you'll live forever. Surely you're not going to die. You're going to live. You're going to live forever. It's basically what he was saying. That in itself was a lie. So he said, you'll know good and evil. And he said, you won't die. Lie when it came to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, because it was a tree of life that they had to eat from in order to be able to live forever. So, again, knowing what it is that you believe, you know, and helping you to do that is studying, reading, you know, um, what it is that's related to what you believe in. In this case, if you believe in God, if you believe in Jesus Christ, you need to crack that Bible open and read it. Study, study, show yourself approved, and then the other literature that's related to it as well. Now, not saying that's all you have to do, but you definitely need to because when it comes to this word, you see Satan ain't playing. You see how he twists it around. And for any any of us, if we don't know what it is that we say that we believe in, if we don't go over the truth, if we don't study, show ourselves approved, then we're setting ourselves up to be deceived. So again knowing what it is we believe in, studying to show ourselves approved helps to guard us against deception. And I can't tell you like how many times I've heard, you know, leaders, even in the church and 
others who others consider to be elders, like in the faith, people they believe should know certain things or people that have certain positions where I've heard them straight out say lies <laughs> and about the word of God. And I'm like, wait a minute, they don't say that in the word of God. But like I said, knowing what it is you believe, studying and show yourself approved helps to guard against deception. Another reason why it's important to know what you believe is that when you know the word, when you know the truth of what it is that you believe, it is a weapon against Satan. Yes, God's word is a weapon that protects from Satan's lies, his deception, if you know it of an assurity. That's if you know that you know that you know. And again, studying and reading helps you to know the truth. And in James chapter 4, verse 7, it says, Submit therefore to God, but resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. So when you know God's word, as we mentioned, it can be a defense against Satan. It helps you to resist him and he'll have to flee. He gotta he gotta leave you. So when you're able to submit yourself to God, that means that first of all, you're doing what it is God wants you to do. And one of the things I believe he wants you to know is know his word. Because <laughs> his word is how you get to know him. So when you are standing on his word, you are firm on his word because his word is him. You're submitted to God. And that baby, baby, that thing, you can slang that thing like a weapon. And it helps you to resist the devil. And he will eventually leave you and flee. Like that first time when he came to Eve and came with that blatant lie. She submitted herself to God to what God said and was firm in it, but she didn't use that thing as a weapon when he came back that second time because she shouldn't have been indulging in what he was saying. She should have used that thing as a weapon against him. She had it as a defense, but she didn't use that thing as a weapon, okay? Be like, bam, bam, bam. This is what I know. This is what it is. Get on somewhere, okay? And so if we look at Luke chapter 4, verses 1 through 13, oh, my sweet Jesus, Jesus who came here to live out his life so that he could be a great example for us to show us how it is so possible for us, even in these earthly bodies that we have, these bodies that are subject to so many things, so so many ills here, like while we're here in, in this world. But Jesus, who lived in one of the same fleshly bodies that we have, showed us it's so possible to resist that old devil. Okay, so starting in uh, chapter four, verse one of Luke, let us read. Now, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led around by the Spirit in the wilderness for 40 days, being tempted by the devil. And he didn't eat anything during those days. And when they had ended, he was hungry. And the devil said to him, if you are the son of God, tell this stone to become bread. And Jesus answered him, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone. And he led him up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said to him, 
I will give you all this domain and its glory, for it has been handed over to me, and I give it to whomever I want. Therefore, if you worship before me, it shall all be yours. Jesus replied to him, It is written, You shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. And he brought him into Jerusalem and had him stand on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, He will give his angels orders concerning you to protect you. And on their hands, they will lift you up so that you do not strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered and said to him, It has been stated, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. And so, when the devil had finished every temptation, he left him until an opportune time. Now, what did James 4, 7 say? Uh, <clears throat> it said, Submit therefore to God, but resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. So it looked like he got gone <laughs> when Jesus resisted him. Each time that he came to him with his little lies, his little fakery, his little lies with a little bit of truth mixed in. Because assuredly, he was being deceptive. And Jesus, who is the word, knew that. But guess what Jesus did? Jesus used the word as a weapon. Ha! He slung that thing. Every time Satan came at him with one of his deceptive promises for him to do something. And first of all, he questioned Jesus. I'm like, if a conditional, give him a condition. If you are the son of God, do this. If you are, Jesus knows who he is. That's why I say you need to know what you believe. Know what it is you believe. Know of an surety what it is that you believe. Jesus knew who he was, okay? But Satan was trying to question him, putting that conditional in there. If you are, then do blah, 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 blah. If you are, then blah, 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 blah. If you are, then out, blah, 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 blah. Jesus knew all that was blah, 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 blah. <laughs> okay? It was deceit, all right? Jesus knew that. And what did Jesus do? Jesus could have made up anything to say if he wanted to because he was the word after all. But you notice every time he responded to one of his fake temptations, he responded by saying it is written or it is stated. He came at him with the word. He used the word as a weapon. And by him using the word, the word which is God, that meant he submitted to God saying, I believe you are true. I believe your word is true and I'm standing on your word. So he just spoke the word to him. And if the word is true as we believe it, then there's nothing he can come. He, he can't come with that. He can't come with it. So every time Jesus spoke the word in response to what he said, it shut him down from that thing. He had to move on to something else, but he shut him down again with the word. So he had to move on to saying something else. And so therefore, that's why it's also important for us to read, to study the word, to help us know what it is that we believe, because we can use it as a weapon against Satan and Jesus showed us by example how we could do that because after those three little crazy old temptations he tried to lure Jesus in with didn't work it said he left him 
until an opportune time. And he don't give up because he, he don't give up that easy. He crazy like that. Satan just crazy. <laughs> okay. But Jesus knew the power of the word. He knew that it was a weapon. And that's all he did. He was he used it. He didn't try to fight. He didn't try to like put hands on and then like that. See, you're doing too much when you're doing all that. Use the word. The word speak for itself, baby. It's a powerful weapon. The word is God. <laughs> and ain't nothing greater than or higher than God. It can't nothing argue with the word. Can lie about it, which is what Satan does. And if you don't know the words yourself, if you don't know the truth, if you don't know what it is that you believe. If you don't know that you know that you know that you know, he will deceive you just like he did with old Eve in the garden. <laughs> so you need to know the word so you can use it as a weapon because Jesus hit him with that one, two, three, one, two, three. <laughs> Knock out, nigga. Oh, my bad. You out. <laughs> okay. So I'm, I'm just saying Jesus, Jesus didn't say that. I got a little carried away right there. But, you know, you know, when Satan, Satan coming at you, you know, as a matter of fact, y'all don't know why I was trying to take this. Satan didn't want me to get it out. So, you know what? I was I was uh, I was recording earlier. And then I realized when I was trying to move my little um. My my little mouse, it wasn't scrolling. Then I realized the recorder had actually stopped, so my so my laptop wouldn't even work. And I said, I said, Satan, you can't stop my recording. <laughs> yeah, you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't stop my recording. <laughs> Cause I know the word, and the word is gonna get out. Okay, so yeah, I had to restart my laptop and everything, but I'm back recording. But he didn't want this to get out. But like I'm saying, the word is is if you know the word and you know it of an assured and you know what it is i know what the word say i i wouldn't let Satan stop my recording okay and so jesus wasn't jesus wasn't about to let the devil like win with him when he was in the garden and it's, you see the thing that happened look at what it said it said that after he had been tempted of the devil so he was being tempted of the devil he he ain't eat nothing he ate none for 40 days and he was hungry. That's when the devil came to hit him at his hardest because he knew he was hungry. He was weak. He was vulnerable. And that's what Satan will do with us, baby, when he thinks he's catching us off guard. He'll get us when he thinks we at our weakest. Like, oh, yeah, we got him now. <laughs> We got him now. Got him now. Okay. Hit him now. Hit him with your best shot. Hit him with your best shot. He hit Jesus with his best shot. Jesus had, had, hadn't had even ate a thing. And Jesus, again, had been tempted, like, during those those 40 days, those 40 nights when he went eating. So he was, he probably was a little lean, uh, 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 but he thought he was weak in that way. Jesus was not weak in the way of his God, but physically, he may have appeared weak in his fleshly form hallelujah but in the spirit when you know that you know that you know that you know and you know what you believe he knew he was the son of god he knew what the word of god said and he used the word of god and he acted in his power and his authority standing on that word which he knew and that's what we got to do and he used it as a weapon that's what we got to do and let's say know the deal so what will God do for those who know what they believe, who stand on his word? Well, let's go to 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 8 through 10, which says, Be of sober spirit, 
be on the alert. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion. Notice it says, like a roaring lion, because he ain't no lion. <laughs> and it says, seeking someone to devour. So resist him, firm in your faith. Knowing that the same experiences of suffering are being accomplished by your brothers and sisters who are in the world. After you have suffered for a little while, the God of all grace, who call you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself perfect, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's what God will do when you know what you believe, when you can stand firm in what you believe. As it says, be firm in your faith. Resist him. Resist that old devil, that devil coming with his deceits and his lies to trip you up, to get you off the path, to get you to question God. Okay. And get you again off of that path of faith where you have that firm foundation where you believe okay when you know what you believe and you stand firm in it and the best way to do that is to study to show yourself approved don't go about what other people say or what you done heard you study yourself you got the bible you got the other literature related to what it is you believe in study it to show yourself approved so you can stand firm and say i know that i know that i know and so when you hear the lies when you hear the deception when you hear the full-blown lies when you hear the lies mixed with a little bit of truth you'll be able to say hold up wait a minute that ain't nothing god ain't in it <laughs> you'll be able to say what it is god's word says just like jesus said to say he said it is written it is written it is stated it is written of course he didn't use english okay so we got to translate into english okay he, he didn't use that <laughs> But we got to translate it into English and you'll be able to say it whether it's in English or whatever language you speak. You'll be able to say it in that language to Satan. Hold up. Wait a minute. God ain't in it. This is what my father says. This is what the word of God says. OK, so <laughs> it's important for you to know what you believe in order to know that you know that you know you need to study to show yourself approved baby crack open the book <laughs> crack open the book and read it and study and also consult the lord for the things you don't understand and there's so many other tools out there because i know some of you may say well i don't know about this i don't understand this book i don't understand this language especially if you're looking at the king james version oh king james using that old Kane's English, okay, with the these and the thous, okay, you might not actually get it. I can get it, but not everybody can. They have other translations out there. Find you a good translation 
that you can understand get you a Strong's Concordance, okay? A Strong's Concordance, they have other concordances out there too, but I've used Strong's Concordance and that one is pretty good, okay? It shows you the Greek and the Hebrew because not every word in the Bible, even though it may be the same in the different scriptures, means the same thing in each verse. You need to know what it means because again, what we have in the English version, even the old King's English, is a translation from the language that it was originally in. Didn't kind of translate it from that. Okay, so the Strong's Concordance can kind of give you an an idea of what the actual meaning of those verses are when it comes to certain words that you may not actually understand. And even if you know the word, you can have a different meaning depending on the actual word in translation before they before they translated it. So I'm just telling you ways to kind of help you to get to study and to show yourself approved because th those are some of the things I did. Most of all, the most important is having Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit will reveal whatever it is you whatever it is you need when you truly want to know the truth. He will reveal it to you. So the Holy Spirit will help you understand as you're reading if you want to understand. The Holy Spirit is our helper. Okay, the Holy Spirit knows the things that we don't know and can reveal those things to us. But most of all, I urge you, make sure that you study to show yourself approved so that you can know that you know that you know what you know and know what it is you believe in and be able to give an answer for and be able to use that word as a defense, a guard against deception and lies. And also as a weapon, slaying that thing, slaying that thing when deception and lies come at you or when anything threatens you anything comes your way you can slang that word at him to speak that word and say just like jesus said it is written it is written and just like the word says satan may come and try to do things but if you submit yourself to god that means if you stand on if you stand on his word you submitted to him that means you believe in it you trust in his word then you submitted yourself to god resist that old devil and he'll flee he gotta run yeah he and and this was jesus now jesus the son the son of god you know although he was trying to get him the question if you are the son of god now he didn't just go one time at, at Jesus. He didn't just jab at him one time. No, he jabbed at him like three times. But before he even jabbed him three times, he jabbed those three times because he knew he was at his weakest. He hit him with the with the big guns then. But remember when he was fasting those forty days and forty nights, it said that he was being tempted. Okay, he was being tempted then. But he hit him with the big guns. You know, after though when he saw he was hungry. Okay, he was hungry. He, was, he thought he thought he was at his weakest you know with the big with the big jabs okay but jesus came with and jesus was like bam it is written bam it is written bam it is written he just spoke the word baby and knocked him out and guess what it said he left him until an opportune time he said let me get out of here so even jesus being who he was 
he didn't try one just one time. He tried three three times, and remember before that he was he was doing because he said he was he was tempting him. So he tried him several times. So it may take it may take you a few times. It may take you more than you know a little a little more time than you think that you want to do. He may not just leave you alone the first time, but it says resist him. Continue to resist him. Don't give in. Don't give up. Stand on that word. Stand firm. Use it as your defense. Use it as a weapon. Because again, look at how he came at Eve. He came at her first with a full-blown lie. Then he came with a lie mixed with a little bit of truth, okay? So he didn't just try one time. He slid on back up and as long as he allowed her to uh, allow her to allow him to slide up in there with his lies, <laughs> okay? But you know what? It may not be the so don't expect the first time that he gonna give up because Sometimes he can be relentless, but after so many times, he's going to realize if you standing firm on that word and using that word, just like Jesus did, it is written. In the case of Adam and Eve, they didn't do it. So they 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 let the guard down and allowed the lies to, to, to get in and sway them to do what they did. But Jesus then, he stood firm, and I guess Satan was like, dang. He had his weakest though, but he, but he in hard like coming at me though. I done tried all I can. This a, let me get out of here. <laughs> okay, so so we got to be like Jesus. Jesus showed us the example. We saw the following example with Adam and Eve. But with Jesus, we saw the victory that it could be done. Jesus wanted to show us we, we it, that we could do it. It could be done. We could do it in these fleshly bodies, even when we at our weakest. Even though he was the son of God, he fasted for 40 days and, and 40 nights. They said he was hungry. Okay, Jesus could have been hangry. Now, I didn't say all that. I'm just saying. <laughs> he could have been hangry. Um, but it said he was hungry. Okay, and but he responded with that word. It was like one, two, three, got you out. Okay, you out now. <laughs> Satan it said he had to leave, just like I said, resist the devil and he will flee. And he got out of there, but it wasn't his last time. He 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 tried Jesus again. He tried him more than one time. Okay, because remember he used anything, anybody that he can. All right, so he tried him some more, but not at that moment. At that moment, Jesus resisted him and used that weapon, slung it, slung, slung that weapon, that weapon which was that word. It was like it is written, bam! It is written, bam! It is written, bam! Stand on that word. He gotta flee, baby. He gotta flee. He 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 gotta go. Okay. It said he roam around like a roaring lion, but he ain't. A line for real though. <laughs> I'm just saying. Now I think it's worth repeating what First Peter chapter five verse ten says. It says, "After you have suffered for a little while, the God of all grace, who call you to His eternal glory in Christ, will Himself perfect, confirm, strengthen, and establish you." What will God do? When you know what you believe, when you stand on his word, and how you going to be able to stand on something that you don't even know? Therefore, you need to study to show yourself approved. Okay, get in there, read that word, read the literature related to what you believe in. Okay, and in this case, if you believe in Jesus Christ, also known as 
Yeshua HaMashiach, because you know Jesus Christ is through that trans the translation we got. But when you do this and you know his word and you know that you know that you know you can stand on it, you can use it as a weapon, use it as your defense, just like Jesus did slang that thing and be like, uh-uh, this is what the word says. When things look opposite or things look different, Satan comes in with his deception, his lie. Sometimes he'll come with a full-blown lie. Sometimes he'll come with a lie mixed in with the truth. And we know a lie mixed in with the truth ain't nothing but a lie itself, okay? But when you're able to say that I know that I know and this ain't it, and you're able to stand on it, no matter what what may be going on, because remember, Satan was tempting Jesus during the time that he was fasting and praying. He was messing with him. He came with them final little jabs, you know, with Jesus. So he was he was messing with him. That wasn't no feel-good time, all right? Okay? <laughs> I don't know if you ever fasted. Probably not for no 40 days and 40 nights with no food. You may have done it with some food, but you didn't do it with no food at all. I ain't even talking about smoothies, okay? No smoothies either, okay? <laughs> Just by you uh, making your making your food into liquid don't mean you ain't eating, <laughs> okay? But anyway, if we can be like Jesus and be able to just stand on the word because Jesus just slung that word at Satan and he was he was suffering because he it said he was hungry. I, again, Jesus could have been hungry, <laughs> but it said he was hungry. OK, so we're not going to we're not going to take it any further than that. But still. Jesus was hungry, and after 40 days and 40 nights of not eating, I can imagine he was a little thin, all right? But he was able to stand in faith on what was written. He said, it is written. He didn't try to make nothing else up. He just said, I believe, the, I believe my father's word. It is written. And he spoke the word in reply to Satan. So when we're able to do that, use the word as a weapon. Use it as our defense against uh, deception and lies. When we can say that we know that we know that we know we really believe what it is we say we believe, our God himself will perfect, confirm, strengthen, and establish us. So I want to tell you, get to know what it is you believe. Read the Bible, the book, the literature related to what you believe, because you need to have assurance about what you believe so you won't be so easily deceived or wishy-washy when in certain positions, like what happened with Eve and Adam and so many others. But don't just take my word for it. I encourage you to do your own study. Pray. And read the Bible so you can know that you know that you know. If you haven't accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior in order to receive eternal salvation but would like to, according to Romans chapter 10 verse 9, all you have to do is confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and you will be saved. Want a little help with that? Repeat this simple prayer after me. Lord God, forgive me for my sins. I believe Jesus died for my sins. 
and rose again so that I may have eternal life in you. So I accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Amen. It's as simple as that. Now you're part of the family of God. Wherever you are, find a local church or a group of believers that can help and support you on your new journey in your new life in Christ Jesus. Many blessings to you as you walk in who God created you to be, doing what he blessed and equipped you to do. You are God's child. Want to bless or show support for God, the Bible, and spiritual things explained? Well, you're welcome to send a financial gift to Cash App using cash tag G-T-B-S-T-E. You're also invited to pick up a little inspired merch from our store at Zazzle.com forward slash store forward slash G-T-B-S-T-E. Oh, and don't forget to subscribe and share the podcast with other listeners. Thank you in advance and God bless you as he blesses those who bless his children. Catch you another time, another day, another episode for God, the Bible, and Spiritual Things Explained. Thank <laughs> you.